0: Guys, so hello, welcome to Token Minds Twitter Space discussion. So my name is Chris, and I am the community lead for Token Minds, and I am with Aldwin, our marketing manager for Token Minds. Hello, Aldwin.
1: Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Twitter Spaces for us here at Token Minds, and we have a wonderful guest for all of you.
0: Yep. So today we will be discussing about some of the new and effective strategies for nft projects in 2023 and of course as the nft market continues to grow and evolve it's really important for us you know to really adapt to changes and to stay informed of these changes so by gathering a diverse group of experts and thought leaders in the field, such as our guests for today, we hope to gain really valuable insights and even some you know, alpha with regarding to their projects, you know, in their next plans and etc. So also in order for you guys to know about our featured projects, which we really believe are the really great projects as of the moment in this space so sit back relax and join us for an informative day of great discussion so we would also appreciate it if you hit that like and retweet buttons at the bottom of your of your screen to share this interesting discussion that we will have to your web3 friends Okay, so we are excited to have with us today, our guest speaker from Alpha Pharaohs, one of the leading projects currently in the space, which, you know, brings really uh, in-game, changing NFT utilities in the industry. So kindly welcome to our space today, Snooze. Hi, Snooze.
2: Hi guys, pleasure to be on Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here now, yeah. I just Same had yet. the triple mute button issue because I was coming off another space. But yeah, how how's everyone? Um, wherever you're at, how are you guys? I know there's a lot of things happening in the world. The 7.7 earthquake earlier, I hope everyone is safe. I hope everyone's like um, in a good place to talk and listen now
0: yeah i hope i i heard about that and also saw it on your tweet so yeah i really hope that everyone is fine that area right now so so far for our end we're good here at my area yeah how about the others yeah can you click on that heart emoji if you're all good guys
2: so let's just see Uh, thank you thank you I see a lot of people who aren't <laughs> good and just listening, but it's fine. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. Wherever you are, I hope you're you're in somewhere comfortable, somewhere you can digest what we'll be talking about today. Lots of good things that we're will be discussing. I mean, I was just looking through uh, the briefer. I'll, these guys are hitting, are asking some hard questions, and <laughs> I'm excited to share what what I know and how how I can at least improve your NFT and your token journey all right okay so i think uh we could already start
0: yeah so for the guys who are here listening so you can listen well and prepare your questions just in case because we will be rewarding those with the high quality and engaging questions later on and then also just by joining and listening to the space we will have a chance to get some usdt giveaways as well as a token of our appreciation so yeah let's proceed uh snooze. so first can you quickly introduce yourself and then tell us what you do for alpha Faro?
2: so i'm snooze gut um i'm one of the founding i'm one of the core founders i think that's the right term we use i'm one of the core founders for alpha Faro, so one of the first four um today that role differentiates because what we have now is sort of like uh a board structure in Pharos so there are five founders who lead the team our ceo who does most of the executory decisions is nftim um, i'm in charge of externals relationships and business development stoners in charge of alpha Yido's in charge of legal internal operations and um Let's call it escalations for now. And Oscar's in charge of of the Tomb Raid onboarding um, server, which we use sort of as our mini server for launching one of our most rapidly growing businesses in the space. Um, I've been in the space probably for, in NFTs at least, for probably two and a half years now, since I came from ETH in 2020. I entered Solana... October of 2021, and I started off as like a community, a community mod. Before they promoted me like into like a community manager, and I got known first in the space as being um the alpha an alpha caller, Alpha Hunter to be very specific. And that's where I really got the title of like the cutest caller in Web3. Because my <laughs> plays are always just the most funny plays. Um but it it's it's sort of why like there's a following around me. Because I've I'm not only set on pharaohs. I have I do other things in the space. One of it is advisory. So outside of being all this for pharaohs I'm also an esteemed advisor for multiple projects. I mean, I launch rapidly close to two to three projects a month as advisors. Um, not all of them will really mint, but at least getting getting and growing these founders into a shape that they think they can pursue their project. Um, that's what I specialize in. I specialize in the project management and the product roadmaps and really the strategies around what we do. Outside of uh, that, I'm also a member of a lot of bigger DAOs, which will show with how much I network in this space. One of the more notable ones is Trust DAO, Trust Labs, that's the TD in my name, and Insomnia DAO, which is like an alpha server as well. Recently, I'm also part of Lunar Labs, as well as Robinhood DAO and the Soul Council, which the Soul Council is the it's technically the round table of all the first callers in the space
0: all right so re- really a colorful colorful background there yeah with that being said just an additional question so before getting into alpha Fero's, right so how did you actually get started in this whole web 3 space and especially nft so it's also great to hear that
2: journey yeah. Yeah. So for me, um, I started off as a trader, um, so I was trading crypto, um, even in college, and then I found um, I, I was just following trends and then ETH NFTs were popping off. So I tried to do something there, um, I tried to mint a couple of projects, tried to be part of the community there, and the methodology astounded me. Sadly though, I never really felt um, a sense of being in ETH, I'm not sure if it's because of the projects that I joined, because when I modded in ETH, it was really working for a rug project, not even a rug, I mean the right term is a derivative project, I was working on one of the first derivative of BAYC back in the day, and um, that gave me insight into what it is. Professionally in Web2, I'm a portfolio director for a Fortune 100 consulting firm, which right away, if you're in the industry, you already know that project management and executing on a roadmap and actually working on a business is what I do normally day in and day out. So it became second nature to like work on a project. And where I started in Solana is really trying to understand the pulse of the like the pulse of the the community so I, I rooted myself inside a community tried to find my way through tried to understand how the space works when I got confident enough um, networked with the right people uh, worked on big projects and then finally found myself advising that's actually how I found myself into Faros. Um I was there f- me and Tim were their first advisors then when Oscar and Philip were the first founders. These are these are college students who wanted to launch a project, and that's sort of how it cemented. We eventually took it over, did our own thing. Uh, Oscar's still with us, but it it's set in stone. I think that's that's really how I got built into this space. Outside of all the the side hustles that I do, because my web two is really multiple streams of things that are happening. I mean, I'm so used to looking at eight projects day in and day out, trying to assess where they're at, what their risks are, what their issues, dependencies, all that, and then trying to figure out what's the best course of action to try to progress that project into their goals. Doing the same thing, translating that Web2 work that I do into Web3 is really what got me good in this space.
0: It's really like, you know, the Web2 experience is like a real fitting mode. So when you transition to Web3, it's really easier, right? It's really It was, cool. it was. And
2: because Web3, um, not to bash anyone in working Web3, and I see my friend Leon popping in, he would, who'd agree with me. Um, Web3 is like working on your science project in, in high school. Like most of the projects that are managed here, They're actually managed that way. If you've seen how a (laughs) nuclear team works, there's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of um, let's just do this kinds of discussions. Which strangely enough, when you bring in... Yeah, it's, it's, it's really open water. And that means there's a lot of opportunity. So people like me who do have the experience of implementation and deployment, we find so much um, value in what we can do. Just introducing our methodologies in web two into web three. I mean, how often do you see a project talking about profit and loss or like a Gantt chart or like a scrum, not a lot, but the top projects do like, I will tell you, for example, in Pharaohs, we do Kanban, which not everyone will tell you that, Oh, we even have a way to track development.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. So yeah, applying those ideologies. So for Kanban, I heard that in manufacturing service. So for me, I started in a manufacturing field as well. So I really believe that those concepts are really applicable as well in managing Web3 projects. So yeah, really good background for co-founder of a project. So it really show, goes to show how much you really know what you're doing in comparison to others, right? So I guess I'll do my co another question.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's only been a start but we already got so much insights from mm-hmm. your rich experience. And so now for those of you, who, or for those of us who don't know and are uh, wonderful listeners today, uh, let's get into it. Can you tell us more about Alpha Pharos?
2: Okay. Um, so this is a mouthful just because of how much is going on. But I'll try to simplify it to... Um, probably a key, a few key philosophies. One is Alpha Pharaohs is the one project that I know to date that focuses on kindness and giving back. That's the core principle that we always look at now by design. Alpha Pharaohs is a project with to date, um, four collections. Technically, Um, you have your main Alpha Pharaohs, my PFP, which will be the main collection. I'll use the phrase main collection sparingly because by design thought, each part of what we do is actually a project in itself. Um, how that works, I'll go on to it a little bit more, but just for each each silo, um, Alphaferro's the main collection, that's the community, that's the virality, that's the voice of the ecosystem, and that's sort of the poster boy poster child of our, our project. It's a pro it's a collection that uses raid tactics and virality to try to make the biggest buzz in the space. And I can, I can prove that we just looking at how they, we raided the space earlier today and just got it to like 170 engagements. That's the power of the Pharaohs. Yep. In 10 minutes. <laughs> now we also have the Sears, which is our take on equipping and giving people the right sets of technologies to survive the space. So from one of the most esteemed Mint bots and Sniper bots through Cyber Frogs, um, we, also have, um, we also have introduced like ways for holders to actually build. Um, so advisory is also unlocked with Sears. They're gonna they're gonna come out with an upgrade pretty soon, which is something we're all bullish on. But it's basically a collection that'll equip you with what you need to survive in Web three. Right now, that looks like various bots, various auto traders, um, a portfolio tool, many other partnerships that we just strategically align and just stack them onto Sears. We have the Degen Pharaohs, which is an art project, which we are foregoing. Uh, this one is has been announced, but they're becoming Sears too. That's not the collection yet. The Jewels of the Desert, which is sort of a, sur- a secret surprise that we're preparing for. Um, that's the third collection. And the fourth one, the youngest member of the Pharaohs, the Liquidity Pharaohs. These ones are our take on what we call AMMs and passive revenue quote-unquote because this is a way for people to just invest into money um directly like a 3.5 invest and you directly make the emission of the lp that is co-funded across the entire ferro board so that's our fundraise of around 15k if if my, my numbers are correct but it's a 15k liquidity pool in AMM that is controlled by some of the biggest mines in the space allowing you to maximize the volume generated by that the gains have been interesting like each share have been like points uh, 0.6 to 0.7 sol a week per share and that's, that's always been interesting and we continue to just stack on methods to make passive income through them So that's what they'll always be. They'll always be like a passive income vessel. And that's the segregation of at least the four main collections. Tying all that together, Pharaohs essentially make it so that it's through giving constant value and giving back all that, we're able to keep generating our holders, at least pure value and at least understanding the the design thought of just giving back to the space And just constantly building inside a community, inside an ecosystem.
1: Yeah. Um, I love what you do. Like, I love what you stand for and how, what you're doing for the space. And you're right when you say that there's a lot to unpack about Alvaferos. And so um especially since i saw that you've just put out an update um i think we should get into this one by one so can you talk to us more about raid to earns and specifically tomb raids like its use and how it works and of course thank you again uh for raiding us a while ago on the space
2: okay so for everyone who's new um raid to earn is actually as a community our big our big revenue maker it generates close to 100 to 200 soul a day just on raid revenue raiding is the act in the space of engaging on a on a twitter post in the future facebook instagram any socials you name it but basically engaging and allowing you as a holder or you as well you as a holder essentially to be able to like comment retweet follow and then make passive um make, make a little bit of soul just from uh, just for, as a reward from doing all those tasks now each pharaoh can raid uh to date six times which is actually the announce one of the early announcements this month where we moved from three to six we were generating 150 soul on average at three raids of pharaoh now they're moving to six so um the volume has been keep constantly spiking up. And that's why with what's happening also for raiding, so the how to like raid as a pharaoh but we're offering this service for free to everyone else in the space so projects have been lining up the past couple of months trying to line up to go for and apply for their own white label tomb raid platform how that works is quite interesting because pharaohs can still raid on the white label platform but let's say i'm a bayc and bayc signs up for a white label platform they can raid just the same way pharaohs do and that's always been amazing results because it's a platform that essentially gives back whatever is funded to the holders. So a raid works wherein, let's say I put in 10 soul, so you put in a bit of soul or ETH or USDC in the future, you put in a 10 soul raid, 9 soul of that raid goes all back to whoever raided. Like that's distributed evenly. That's how we're able to generate a lot of people engaging because they're rewarded directly without wi- without waiting. They just need to do a claim. Um, the one soul that's left over is actually what's split. Point 0.25 of that one soul goes to the pharaohs because it is our platform. It is something that we control. And as a holder, that's something you get passively split into all the other holders the next point 0.5 goes into upkeep because it is it does cost a lot to like do all these twitter enterprise and api calls and the other 20.25 goes to the main project who we're working with so let's say bayc comes up with their own white label tomb raid platform well all the bayc holders can do whatever they want with the point 0.25 that they generate Just the c- decision of the project and this is free utility that we're just o- offering out like, anyone can line up and line up for Tomb Raid. It's just a prioritization line now. It's, uh, I think, to date, a 78 uh, project line. And I think we're vetting three more projects because we don't want to be wasting our time on rugs. But it is what it is, and that's sort of how we've always created and... I think, to date, we're almost monopolizing the the economy of attention, at least when it comes to trying to grab
1: it through Tomb Raid. Yeah, I hear you. So, talking about Tomb Raids, right? And you also have this thing called Tomb Raid Pass. So, how does it connect and what's the use of the Tomb Raid Pass?
2: Okay, the Tomb Raid Pass is... um, it's special utility that we've offered to Feral holders and Seer holders where it's minted it's a it's a 0.169 mint that's just sold outrightly. it essentially allows anyone um, even the smallest holder to be able to buy in to our ecosystem at sub 2 sole floor to date and then just raid um, have one raid and unlimited scraps it allows anyone, even the smallest person, to start making their journey through through our ecosystem, buying in at a very low entry cost and trying to make the passive income from from raiding essentially. Because a lot of our holders actually make so much from raids. I mean we have people who make like twelve, fifteen sol a week just from raiding.
1: Yeah, that's 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 a lot. So Uh, Getting more into the other aspects, right? Uh, I heard you also a while ago that you had Sears and it was somehow connected to D-Gen Pharaoh. So can you explain to us uh, about Sears and how it's connected to D-Gen Pharaohs? Okay.
2: So Sears were essentially the Stoner Pass,
1: which when we absorbed
2: Stoner Boy's DAO, we upgraded their art one time. And if you combined them into our collection. Um Pharaohs were an art collab originally with Dijin boys Boysda, which I'm not sure if they're around still today. But um they're coming together, they're clubbing together as a mega collection. They're becoming through the help of Neuromind. Um Neuromind is a goated one of one artist who does AI really well. Um him and his wife have actually helped us Upgrade both collections as art. So now we're updating the art also in line with the update that we're getting from the from the minting bot and auto trading bot that we partnered up with CyberFrogs. So if anyone's familiar with Thor, that's actually we're actually the only other project that I know to date that has the same access to Thor, the auto trader bot of the Cyber Frogs community, which allows you to mint to snipe. Um, and to auto trade. Auto trading will come through the upgrade. But basically, Sears and Dejan Pharaohs will morph into that. Um, the Sears will get burnt out of existence, they will get upgraded. Dejan Pharaohs will be disassociated from us. The art will still exist. But if you're a holder today of a Dejan Pharaoh, you're just getting airdropped directly on upgraded Sears once that mint happens. Outside of this, I mean Sears altogether, they get they get the portfolio tracker, um, LF Grow that's also shared with Pharaohs. They also get um an auto trader similar to Paratools, which we're we're building out. And they get access to like a one session advisory session for any founders. And Personally, my advisory sessions—they're um, three hundred to five hundred dollars an hour, which is f- a free utility that we're offering to at least a seer holder of of ten seers. So it's it's sort of morphing into a collection of builders and people who really want to get equipped into the space. And advisory isn't dependent on just like um personal projects you could be doing it for like personal growth or trying to find your place in the space um there's a couple of of real life coaches in Veros so we just offer it as a cool utility for bigger holders so i just have a question
0: yeah. to add into that so you're mentioning yeah, a raid to earn so this is actually unique as it's already incorporated in the platform but uh, my question is well, where is the liquidity coming from for this
2: oh it's it's self-funded um so okay. if if for example you token mines, you want a feral community to raid you just need to go to the platform drop your tweet in and then pay 1.5 to whatever soul and then upon upon our approval, upon the project owners' approval, it'll get raided right away and eaten up by pharaohs. Which is interestingly enough why white labeling the Tomb Raid platform will be so interesting because you'll have the the ability to focus which communities you want to be engaging on certain tweets. So if I wanted like a BayC specific raid, then I make a white label platform for the BayC guys where you'll see all the bayc holders trying to raid for it oh i see that's
0: really interesting in terms of the marketing as well
2: and instant virality i mean yeah coming and trying to make a rallying cry and a rallying call for any project is very difficult this sort of automates that process Mm
0: And then with more adoption to this platform i think this is really good also for web 3 space in general yeah that's really nice and interesting yeah uh, aside from that i'm also having another question for you so for those of us who do not know so can you tell us what it means you know to be privately doxed by cursed labs We see here you Um, have a certificate. So, what does this actually mean for any project having this
2: one? So, doxing in the space, although this doesn't matter anymore because we dox such a long time, Um, but doxing the space is really giving up our identities to certain certain actors, certain individuals in the space. I think me and Tim have grown influence after that doxing. To be a little bit more bigger than needing to dox i mean both of our faces are often just on on video like we're in multiple video calls all the time our announcements in pharaohs and the nftm weekly roundup is literally nftm doing a video recording of himself giving updates of the project i've got oh okay shared already and that's what doxing is okay okay. so uh
0: chapel if i'm a new project founder so and i'd like to do this as well so can you give us a picture or like you know the steps into getting into this and
2: uh, uh how do we So, get so how the docking often works and i know this because i work with other mages and magic eden and soul council often but essentially it's you giving and providing your identity to a neutral body. In this case, I think the more popular one is with the launch pads, like Magic Eden or Elder Mages. Um, you give your identity up to them: your LinkedIn, your resume, your bio, um, maybe information about your credit history or anything. But basically, confirming that your identity is secured with one person. It's. Allowing that safe trust that you are not a bad actor in the space, that you are willing to forego your identity and share it to the rest of the world because you are in with good intent of what you're doing.
1: Yeah. So it's more of a tool that would uh, make you be like a trusted uh, someone in like in inside the space, right? Yep. 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 So uh, now that we've like discussed a lot of uh, the utility and uh, giving back to your community members and also getting docs. So all of this stuff like that you mentioned and your experience, what made you say that it was viable or like it'll work or it's a great strategy, especially since with your background as a project manager, as an advisor. Uh, so what made you say all this was viable to do?
2: Honestly, then, um, it was more reacting to the market because the fact of the matter is in NFTs and in any NFT project, you're always looking at instability you're always trying to constantly react having the mindset of being able to just move forward and try to make the best course of action at any given point in time and that flexibility that's at least what what keeps you in in a, in a floating situation most projects will launch with less planning less resources financially and even influence inside the space. So it's more a survivability method of just constantly evolving and updating your plan and constantly working, working on it and refining it day in and day out. You can't say at any point in time that you're going to make it, you're going to execute because you don't know. Um, your mint could be all bullish and it, like have every influencer shilling it, pre-mint, and then on mint day, you experience getting a DDoS attack. That happens. But will it stop you from building your project? It shouldn't. If you're really here to build something, a failure here is not going to stop you from actually building your dream.
1: yeah that's that's really interesting and so looking at the whole of the market right uh so other than that how do you think nfts are going to move forward and do you have any specific strategies that would be effective in the upcoming times okay so
2: people hate me because i think this is the third space where i was telling sharing my sentiment on the market but we're entering a (laughs) phase in the market where similar to how ETH is today, where there's really a dry up of NFTs and projects. There are too much projects. That's the fact of the matter. And to launch a project today, you have to be a quadruple A project. Like you have to have everything set up. You have to have all the influence. You have to have done something great, something big, all planned out elaborately and prepared for whatever risks that's what i'm telling every founder that asks me for advice because you're competing against projects that are so good that have been building for the last eight months to the bear and you just coming up and saying standing out and saying to everyone that i'm launching a project two weeks from now i don't know what i'm gonna do but i have cool art it's not gonna hold water anymore the space is the space has shaken out at least in solana and eth the space has shaken out most of the dumb investors, I'd like to say. I mean, they're, they're, we're still dumb. Um, but at least when it comes to NFTs, we do a little bit more research, I think, today. And we know what to look for in quality. These will always have their place. But if you notice, this meta in Solana, for example, you're not seeing a lot of these for a reason because the space is maturing it's it's really at an overbought stage in terms of nfts
0: yeah i agree with that so actually with regards to marketing any projects the hype is no longer enough Uh, that's what i'm seeing as well so really needed to bring value
2: send something unique to the space right yeah man and not just value but literally you're looking at you're looking at value on multiple spectrums you're looking at the value of the project you're at the value of the art you're looking at the value of the community that's built through build so how do you how do you strike a perfect grade on each of them if you really want to launch like a five soul floor i think even just a five soul floor is such a challenge already
0: yeah so with regards to the challenges right so you're mentioning yeah challenges okay so going to this strategy so have you encountered you know hurdles in your journey with alpha pharaoh so example you have this strategy and then have this obstacle so how did you actually overcome this obstacle so maybe can you share some insights with our listeners especially those because i believe there are some who are really struggling and to those who just like to know more yeah
2: so i don't think everyone knows this but when we launched alpha pharaohs like we were launching a 0.169 mint where 60% of the treasury or the mint proceeds were really going to the overhead that we said we'd be paying the the advisory partner, then the consulting partner that the original founders decided to work with Chris labs. So a majority of it, of all the funds were already given to like the launch part and me and Tim were struggling to work with any budget at all. Um, Launching a project and trying to get it to stand for the last six months is difficult when you don't have capital to do anything really, right? I mean, we raised, like, what, 300 sol just for the project. That's not even enough to, like, in during those days to launch a staking platform. Staking platforms then were, like, what, 550? So we had nothing really to work with, um, just the measly 300. But what me and Tim decided was to like find ways to constantly give value. So we started off at like being what we we're good at: um, an alpha server, an, a hunter, a hunter hole where you can get some of the best whitelist spots, play some of the best trades. And that was the ne- that was the next three months for Pharos. like we stayed below Tucson for a long time because everyone was thinking like we we're just a goated alpha server with some of the best whitelist spots out there. That was that was us for a long time until so that when we had enough funds, we tried building a first iteration of the tomb raid platform, which even then actually was uh, was sort of shortchanged because we had to redo. first iteration of the Tomb Raid platform the important part is that never stopped us from constantly building after those struggles like we just we just power through Um, power through in the sense that for example post mint we were already discussing what we could do with such a measly budget so we were already looking at like doing a free airdrop or um, ideating on roadmap items that are so far ahead but we can give value already to our holders we can give them like if they mint or if they claim we can we make a little bit of cash plus we get them at least something some nfts that they could sell which is direct directly thinking of how we can provide value to our holders outside of that we were working on trades we were we are teaching them what to trade, to be very specific. We'd be teaching them how to analyze, how to how to become callers eventually, hunting whitelist spots. And me and Tim, we both decided to stop calling and hunting for the other servers that we got known for, which upped the ex- exclusivity of the Pharaohs. Because now we were just focused on building and building What what the Pharaohs did. So so yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just about to say. So it was just. It was just more taking anything from the project at the start.
0: Uh, Can you repeat on that uh, news? Because I think I think your line breaking. Yeah,
2: I was just saying it. It was just mostly us constantly giving back to the to the project and just making what we do exclusive to what we do.
0: All right. So yeah, uh, you were mentioning, okay, you did, you did some airdrop, free airdrop, etc. So majority of some of the NFT projects are doing this as well, even token projects, right? Be, during their initial launch. So from your observations, which uh, previous strategies used by Web3 projects no longer work? Then, what are the new strategies that you observe to be working?
2: A lot of them actually will not work anymore. So that's what's interesting in this space. When when it's done one time, it becomes the meta and it doesn't work anymore. We survived for pharaohs because we understood the meta then was degen mints, which allowed us to mint out. We understood that um, people will buy in on a special airdrop when when we're giving it for free to our holders that will at least bring in more eyes to look at the project. So we give, we gave three airdrops. Um, We also thought of like launching a second collection, but we wanted to add more value and constantly through the process partnering with people who we saw with us in the trenches, trying to build their own thing as well. So we constantly kept, making friends with other projects that are doing, doing their own thing, their own lanes. For example, bad cat. Like we partner with them trying to find fruition's between projects and using that as like launching, launching pad to help us also build the project. Because at the behind all these collabs behind all these affiliate links of utility or these art art collabs that often pop up are also projects that are creating friendships between each other. And I think that's also how we silently built a lot of trust in the space because we really networked and got to know who to work with. So when it came time to actually build something, we already knew who to approach. We already knew what would be needed. We already knew how much it would cost because we've networked at this rate super deeply with a lot of the people who we consider peers. I think that's also what attracted me in Solana the most, not to bash our ETH brothers, but the builder community is very strong. DAOs in Solana are very strong. There are DAOs of founders, there are DAOs of devs, there are DAOs of artists. And just networking properly and trying to be part of the ecosystem you actually find the right ways to support your project strategies honestly if i if i could tell you every every new strategy to how to like build a bullish project today then that meta would already be burned by the time you'd be executing like the moment that someone can coin a meta, it's already burned for everyone else. I mean, you just, you, everyone just saw like the Rev share competitive gaming meta with dual bots and every other project launching something similar. You also saw pre sale meta where people are launching pre sales at the 50% rate trying to sell out. You also saw like Shilfluencer meta where every influencer was just pumping and just tweeting about something that they got for free those are all valid strategies by the time that your project gets to actually come to market those strategies would be too old you need to rethink what you're doing you need to find your niche like focus on your plans your values what you need to get your project launched i mean there are a lot of kpis depends on how what your product is and how you're working with it. But the old gimmicks, they won't work. They're gimmicks for a reason. You'll need to ideate on something new, something different. Something that'll um something that's creative. I mean if you can if you can build, if you have devs, always something interesting.
1: Yeah, uh, I hear you, uh, especially in, like in the space strategizing. Um, it's also exciting that it's also just to start, so we'll see a lot more of those strategies. And so far, we've heard a lot of exciting stuff for you here at Alpha Pharaohs. And so, for our next question, uh, what's next for Alpha Pharaohs? Uh, can you talk to us more about the exciting future and your plans for 2023, and especially to ensure the project's longevity?
2: So, I think Pharaohs were we're all set actually to execute. So we're at an executionary stage for two for the. For the main pharaohs wherein the tomb raid platform is just constantly getting in more and more volume people don't understand this often with how bullish it is every time there is a white label platform that we launch but when i when we go back into how revenue share works with how each raid is funded the more communities using tomb raid the the bigger the bigger the landlords pharaohs will be because each each raid we've given for free also f- still fund pharaohs and there'll come a time where we'll be the community that isn't raiding while everyone else is raiding. That's re- really the nature of how we've ideated on the design thought of making an expansive community. It's essentially free marketing for us while constantly giving value to each pharaoh at a value perspective. So for example if if today we're making 150 soul and each pharaoh gets what in revenue share um, per week let's, let's say roughly 0.7.8 what happens when we have another another community just as big as pharaohs raiding on their own generating the same volume or a 10k collection just doing the same suddenly it becomes interesting because everyone wants to raid everyone wants to try to make their passive and if everyone else is doing their own raiding little let sooner or later um frail's become parabolic this plus the whole use of ads which is going to come on on all the white label platforms plus the use of introducing web 2 into into what we do for the white label platforms so sooner or later you will see people um posting fiverr ads to do a raid Um, example, lining up and lining up for movie tickets and tweeting about it and then engaging and commenting just to confirm. And you still technically get a revenue share from doing that. Those are all in what's planned for the year. Um, I'm really bullish on on that, at least the whole engage to earn in Web2 kind of um, utility that's being built. That's for Pharaohs. For Sears they're getting they're getting the really cool art upgrade. Um, I'll pin something up so so everyone can see but they're actually uh, they're actually a collab collection done by an, an esteemed AI artist. Um, they're, a, they're, a, they're, a, they're sort of a husband and wife couple that that work on the art um, Neuromind. So these are some of the art upgrades that you get from being a seer. Um, this comes along with the auto trader bot from CyberFrogs. The auto trader bot allows you to essentially just drop in whatever currency you want, and then just playing on with the bot, doing doing signals trades, um, and it allows you to just short, long, or uh, scalp whatever cryptocurrency you want and making the revenue from just the auto trader quite cool because i know a lot of other platforms do it in crypto interesting because the cyber frogs one that we co-share is really quite good um what else what else there is something cool that's happening with jewels which i am under the to not mention at all but the jewels will finally be able to do something i think that's been the that's been like the when whitelist gib now mantra for our holders for a couple months now like when when jewels utility when when cleopatra headdress utility when serpent of nile utility they actually will get it sooner or later i just can't mention yet for what but um check on the youtube update that tim's been dropping he might be giving hints there i think the next series he should be sharing a little bit more info about it but it's cool because um they might be the gates to like a whole set of new chains for pharaohs and we've been experimenting a lot of with a lot of other communities beyond solana with bringing raids so quite interesting
1: and i'm sure a lot of people are looking forward to it and i love how you've made an ecosystem for your community especially for the marketing part uh so for our listeners please head on over and uh check that out for them and so last but not least for new nft projects launching this 2023 what suggestions do you have for them to be successful uh what are key things to remember when starting a new project in the space
2: um one would be to not rush like ideate and work on your project in terms of what brand you want to build and what what value you really want to put into the space just because we i think everyone else would agree that we've it's sort of easy nowadays to figure out which projects don't really plan to do anything um take your time to build the project don't be greedy about the capital raise that each project gives Art projects—they exist for a reason because they're good art. If you're going to launch an art project, make sure it is good art. Work on work on something that is of value to you and to the community, um, and try not to cut corners. Although we often, a lot of projects often do.